Shut up and sit down. When the Wind Blows is an epic inspired podcast bringing innovation to professional development. Welcome back to When the Wind Blows, an epic podcast for parents, teachers, leaders, and anyone vested in the world of education. So today's topic is a it's a mixed bag of your questions. Uh, several of you, several very vocal parents on the Facebook group, helped me come up with this outline, and you probably didn't even realize it. But we're talking with Superintendent Bart Banfield today, and so I'm bringing some of your very tough questions to Bart. Uh, so we can get you some answers. So Bart, who are you? What are you to the school? And uh, I guess, like, what made you get involved in education anyway? Okay, so who I am, uh, I am a Christian, first and foremost. Great. Uh, say that, and and I am married. I uh, have been married now for uh, 20, boy, boy. Oh, careful. Oh, careful. Yeah, no, going on, we're going on 25 years. Gosh, that's awesome. Uh, that we have been together and we've got three children. I've got two sons and a daughter. Uh, and who I am to Epic, I am the superintendent uh, of Epic Charter Schools. I've been with Epic now for seven years, been a career educator uh, for 23 years and uh, spent 16 years working in traditional brick and mortar, uh, everything from a teacher to a coach to a principal to a superintendent, uh, and then transitioned over to Epic uh, and have been with Epic for the past seven years. The first five years, I was the assistant superintendent of instruction, uh, so working with our teachers and our principals and our managing directors, and, and, and now I'm the superintendent. Wow. And what a great, I mean, that, what a great succession. I, I've had the joy of being one of your direct reports before. And wow. you. you you just have an, a remarkable way of leading people. You've, you, you know, people call you coach um, because you just, you have this way of, of telling people what needs to get done and, and how it's going to get done but also motivating the crap out of them so that they leave that meeting saying, I got to do this for this guy. You are just a great leader. And, and I hope, I, I hope more people tell you that. Thank you. No, I appreciate your kind words, Aaron. And, and actually you were one of the first people I met when I came to Epic. And so having the privilege to work with you during that first year, uh, you helped me uh, to assimilate to Epic and, and the complexities of the model. Uh, you know, we tell new employees that come to Epic and families that it's typically a six to 12 month learning curve just because it's so different. I mean, it's intentionally construct constructed to, to be different. Uh, and so there is a learning curve associated with that. And so I, I appreciate your kind words. I think what we try to do, uh, and I know what I, what I try to do is offer high support, high challenge, uh, which is our definition of a liberated leader. Uh, and, and we try to offer up liberation to all those that, that, that we lead and that we serve. I love it. Well, so the parents actually helped me crowdsource some of these questions. Uh, and um, they're, they're what's on the, the minds of those parents. But I, I guarantee you there's some teachers that think this and some administrators as well. So um, you know that this, this podcast is directed to 
all people in education, students, parents, families, admin, uh, teachers, you, the whole gamut, other districts. Um, so people want to know with so many new students, new parents, new teachers, new admin, how do you plan to ensure that they are all trained the epic way? That's a great question. Uh, and I've had that several times. And I think where you begin uh, is by defining reality. And that's really what we're doing over the first 30 days of school is, especially for our new parents, and, and we're coming up, as you know, Aaron, I think our, our enrollment right now is just over 61,000 students. So we've added approximately 30,000 students since the end of May when we finished the last school year. And so what we try to do at Epic Charter Schools with new families, new parents, new students, is we try to define reality. And the way we do that is by beginning uh, with a, a conversation where we spend a lot of time listening. Uh, that's that initial IOP meeting, talking to families, uh, sort of setting expectations and, and setting the table uh, in terms of who we are and what we believe. But then the next step after that IOP meeting is a benchmark. And so the fall benchmarks for us really sort of set the tone and they are essential because when, when students come to us, they are at a variety of learning levels. And what we know from this year's benchmarks is that eight out of 10 students that are new to Epic Charter Schools are coming to us below grade level. So that's 80% of our new students are coming to us below grade level, which is a shock to a lot of their parents. When you sit down and you know you've taught at Epic, when you sit down and have that initial conversation and you say, okay, here's how your child did, this is where they are, uh, and this is where they should be. That That is a, a sobering conversation uh, for teachers and parents to have because parents are sitting there scratching their heads saying, but my kids always made A's and B's. I didn't know they were below grade level or they were behind or anything like that. And so what we try to do at Epic Charter Schools is to have a very transparent conversation with the family about this is where your child is at. And regardless of where they're at, we accept all children year round, no matter where they're at. And, and, and once we've done that, once we've sort of defined reality for, for the families that we serve, now we can begin to construct a game plan. And so what are we going to do over the first nine weeks, over the second nine weeks to, to get this child where we want them to be, which ultimately is on grade level with their peers um, or, or above grade level. Um, but, but we've got to identify where those academic deltas are. And then what we've got to do is put together a game plan to begin filling in those gaps during the first nine weeks and the second nine weeks so we can begin to layer on and introduce grade level standards. Yeah, I think we get so much uh, just flack for kids coming back below grade level, but nobody's really identifying um, where they are when they come here a lot of times. And just because, you know, a family came and tried us out for nine weeks and then went back to what they feel, you know, better or more capable of doing, um, it wasn't as if that was epic's fault right there right. um and and fault is probably the wrong word sal khan has a book called one world schoolhouse mm -hmm. amazing he's the guy that you know created khan academy and and he talks about it being like swish cheese and and you've got that cheese and you can eat a good sandwich but do you have all of it no we've got just little holes missing and so yeah, you're right. We're trying to fill those holes, those little gaps right. in, in the learning. And the sooner we can do it, Aaron, the, the, the better for the child. As the child advances, the curriculum come, becomes more complex, the standards become more sophisticated. And so the goal is 
early intervention, real-time intervention, and we need our parents' help uh, with making sure that these students are staying consistently engaged. But the sooner we can intervene on behalf of the child, the greater the likelihood we can get them on grade level with their peers. Yes, yes, preach. Um, okay, so the next one is, what's the deal with the audit? And I don't know if you've seen the hashtag, that it's kind of, it's been around for a little while, but now it's starting to, to pick up some steam. It's the hashtag stand with Epic. Um, so what's the deal with the audit? We hashtag stand with Epic, but what should we tell our friends? Like, we don't want to just appear like we're drinking Kool-Aid and blindly following. What what do you tell these families who are seeing the news, seeing the headlines, and they got to explain to their friends what the heck they're doing? Yeah, well, I tell you what, the, the outpouring of support that we've had from our families and our parents uh, on social media is so inspiring. And the fact that they're willing to, to step up and, and, and you know comment on their experience and their child's experience compared to what they had in their, maybe in their previous brick and mortar school or, or their local school district has been so inspiring to see. Uh, so here's where we're at. We just concluded a 15 month uh, state audit. They just released the, the state audit final report this last week. 24 hours later, we responded point by point uh, to a single find that they had. Uh, that That is available on our website, so you can actually see Epic's official response. If you go to our homepage, it's right there, uh, smack dab in the center, and you can click on it and you can read. It's a 132-page document, but we wanted to be comprehensive and exhaustive in trying to explain to the families that we serve um, where we agree uh, with the state auditor and also where we disagree uh, with the state auditor. And, and there's a little bit of both uh, embedded within there. And so uh, what I would tell you is that, uh, you know, point them in the direction of our website uh, because there was a lot of time and a lot of attention that was paid to, to putting that response together. I can tell you, um, we met yesterday with the statewide virtual charter school board. We're meeting today with the Oklahoma State Department of Education. Uh, and so we're gonna be working collaboratively and cooperatively uh, tr to, to try to improve our school and our organization and, and, and serve the 61,000 students that we have currently enrolled to the best of our ability. Yeah, I mean, we're still very much in game mode. We, we're here, we're serving the students. This is a distraction, but it shouldn't be a distraction at the student and parent and teacher level. We should be business as usual. Let's get the job done. Uh, let Bart deal with the audit situation. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what's been encouraging is really, I, I was talking to someone last week about the fact that the, the audit that's been going on for 15 months uh, has not really negatively impacted our enrollment. And, and, and the reporter was asking me, she said, why? Uh, and I said, you know, I, I really think, you know, first of all, parents are very smart. And I, I think parents at the end of the day trust other parents more than they do politicians. And, and, and it's been that way for 10 years. If you want to know why Epic Charter Schools over the last 10 years, Aaron, has grown from nothing to now the largest public school in the state of Oklahoma, it's because three people tell three people who tell three people who tell three people. And it's just exponential growth that has taken place. And I think certainly COVID-19 and the coronavirus has, has impacted our enrollment this year as well. Uh, but we were still projected to grow uh, above and beyond uh, what, where we were at last year. And so I think there's something very palatable about the model that is resonating with families across the state of Oklahoma. I totally agree with you there. Uh, so the next question, families want to know, and what would you say, Bart, to the, the parent who says, 
oh my gosh, I've got, you know, two or three kids. How do I get my kid to PLP, Epic Essential, get their core curriculum? We've got Schmoop, we've got Homework Help, ICAP, Google Classroom. I mean, I'm not even through the list, but you're like, yeah, that's that's a lot. What is required and, and is it that much or is it, I mean, where's the balance? Yeah, so I think in times of great complexity, which is kind of where we're at uh, right now, it's best to simplify. And when I say simplify, I mean simplify down to the least common denominator. And so part of that ongoing conversation between the parent and the teacher is about, you know, once we've defined reality in terms of where is the child at, are they on grade level, are they above grade level, or are they below grade level? Then we can begin to set that game plan in place, which is what you're talking about. It's the curriculum solution. It's the uh, supplemental solution. Uh, it may be some offline stuff that they're going to be doing, but what what are we going to do? And then we've got to prioritize. Part of that simplifying is prioritizing. We've got all these products, and, and I think sometimes people get frustrated, and I know certainly our staff get frustrated with, oh my goodness, we've got like 20 core curriculum and a bunch of supplementals and all that, you know, and, and, and I've got to learn this and that and whatnot, and, and it's really hard. It's really hard uh, to, to learn all of these tools because most of them I, I, I think uh, are, are just outstanding tools uh, if they are used on a consistent basis and so I think what our parents have got to do is they've got to sit down and have a conversation uh, with their teacher about what experience have you had teacher with your students over the last year or two you know what what has worked for your students and based on where my child is at right now what do you recommend? And then have a discussion and a dialogue and maybe even a debate uh, over, you know, we're going to do this. And then once we've determined what tools we're going to use and we're going to put in our, our bag, then at that point, we're going to talk about engagement and scheduling. And so now what does that look like? Because I don't want to just freestyle, you know, Monday through Friday and just let my kid work when they want to work. I want to create some order and some structure uh, and some boundaries for my kiddo because most of our kiddos are coming to us from a traditional brick and mortar setting where the bell dictates to them when they start and when they finish, when they can go to the bathroom, when they can go to lunch, when they can go to recess and when school's over with. And so most of them are accustomed to that structure and not that we've got to go to that degree with our families, but I think creating some order in terms of what Monday through Friday is gonna look like from this time to this time, this is what we would like to achieve. The beautiful part is that we're not tethered to our seat like we would be in a traditional brick and mortar classroom there's some flexibility there's some some autonomy there and so uh that's the cool part about it is that we can work you know a little in the morning a little in the afternoon we can get it all done you know first thing whatever works for the child i mean we we want to create uh, an environment that is conducive to learning where we are empowering our students uh, and our families really to, to take ownership uh, of their child's education. Yeah, I think that's one of, and you said daily schedule and I just, that's one of probably the biggest things I would harp on if, if I were a teacher is like, it might be that you start at four o'clock in the afternoon but what does that schedule look like? How long will you X? How long will you Y? And, and it's so, it's hard. I mean, I don't want to silence anybody, um, you know, but it's hard when, when parents start comparing themselves uh, or comparing their own kids or, you know, well, we're doing this and you're doing that. And so what, what, what am I supposed to do with that? And I just think, you know, we've got to help 
remind ourselves that this is personalized. And so child A might not have the same schedule as child B in your own family, let alone comparing yourself to outside uh, of your family. Um, that's why I think the expectations conversation is so important. It's essential. And, and can I say one more thing too here? I yeah. mean, let's, what we're talking about here, Aaron, is let's fast forward 10 years. What we're talking about here right now is the genesis of dropouts. Yeah. You want to know a, a, a student doesn't make the decision in high school to just drop out. That decision is years in the making. And typically it starts at the later elementary, early middle school age where kids are socially promoted from one grade level to the next without mastering the, the standards for that particular grade level. And so that gap just continues to get wider and wider and wider. And rather than sitting down and having a transparent conversation with a parent and saying, this is, this is where we're at and this is what we need to do based on the data that we have at our fingertips here. I think what a lot of school districts are doing is they're just kind of shoving or sweeping it under the rug and and, and pretending like it, it doesn't matter and continuing to pro promote kids because they're a year older, not that they've mastered the standards. We are a standards mastery school. Yeah. And 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 if 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 you want your child to to uh, have opportunities above and beyond when they graduate from high school, whether that's going to college, whether that's going to career tech and getting a trade or a skill uh, or, or whatever that looks like, then we've got to be intentional about filling in that gap. And we've got to do it as early as we possibly can because we know that, that that curriculum is going to get more complex. We know that those standards are going to get more sophisticated and that gap is just going to get wider and wider and wider. And what we see, Aaron, right now, 20% of students in the United States, approximately 20% of students in the United States that enter high school as a freshman fail to graduate from high school. And if you go into our inner city urban areas like New Jersey and Washington, D.C., Aaron, that, that number is as high as 50%. Yeah. One out of two kids dropping out of high school in America, in our urban cities, that is unacceptable. And so if you want to know where that starts, it starts with this conversation that you and I are having right now. Yep. Bart, I was one of those kids. And, mm -hmm. and I know my listeners have heard that because I, I preach on it. Do you, and, and just aside from the dropout and the, 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 you know, the, the views that people have on you when you're a dropout, if you decide to change your mind, Bart, like, you know what, I'm, I, I'm not done here. My story doesn't end here. I'm, I'm going to go to college. You have to pay a lot of money to take a test to prove that you're worth getting into college. You have to pay for some zero level classes that cost the same amount as college classes, but they don't count for credit. And it's such, uh, I mean, it's such an expensive decision, let alone, um, you know, a sad decision when, when somebody takes that route. And if, if I can do anything to keep that from happening, that's, that's what I'm going to do. I'll tell you what, I love you, your story is so inspiring though, Aaron. It really is. We see, of course, you know, you've worked here uh, as long as I've worked here. We see kids every single year getting across the finish line that are 19, 20, 21 years old. This is their school of last resort. We're the, the last chance that they've got to get across the finish line. And our teachers are so amazing. They do such an incredible job of getting those kids across the finish line, getting them exactly what they need, exactly when they need it. Uh, and so it's it's so inspiring to see those stories. And your story is, is just as inspiring. Thank you. Your daughter, Brynn, 
Lynn is in Epic this year, right? Correct. What's her favorite program so far? And where does she do her schoolwork? What, what's her schedule look like? Yeah, so she she's on Bright Thinker uh, right now. She's a fourth grader, uh, and uh, I would say probably the the ELA and the reading is is probably her favorite, uh, and and really she's she's assimilated pretty nicely uh, to the online environment. We weren't sure what to think about it, but of course with COVID nineteen and everything going around, we just we just weren't sure what that would look like, and so we thought you know what let's let's go this direction. We had been tinkering with the idea anyway, and she has really done beautifully, and so we've got her a schedule. She's She's working with her teacher uh, on a weekly basis, and 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 so basically, she gets up. She's very independent, uh, and and gets it knocked out. Typically, we're looking at three to four hours if there aren't any distractions. Uh, she can get her work done, and then she can do what it is that she wants to do. And so, uh, she's having a great experience right now, and it's just been a blessing. Not, and I know not just just for my family, but also for you know some of our new students uh, that have come to us with COVID nineteen coronavirus type worries about, you know, is my local brick and mortar school, uh, is it, is it safe? You know, what does this look like? When's the vaccine coming? And, you know, I mean, there's a lot of questions uh, and a lot of complexity around COVID-19. And I think one thing that, that, that Epic and, and, and in fairness, all the other virtual schools have done is they have created a, a sense of stability yeah. For families, particularly the two-parent working family that needs structure and order that can't be taking off every time there's an infection in their local brick-and-mortar school or uh, they've got kids that are alternating on A-B schedules and they just they just need some consistency. And I think that's one thing that, that Epic Charter Schools has done very well is, is it's provided a, a sense of normalcy uh, for families across the state of Oklahoma. Yeah. Well, what's one last thing? I mean, you, you, you have it in your head. What's one last thing you want to be able to tell the people listening today, admin teachers, parents, everybody out there, give it to them, drop a statement of neutrality for them. Yeah, I, I would say, understand this about Epic Charter Schools. We, we are advocates of school choice. And what we want more than anything in this world is we want to find the best fit for the child. And in some cases, that's us. And in some cases, it may be, you know, when COVID-19 is over with, it may be their local brick and mortar school. That is just fine. That's yeah. just fine. But in the meantime, here's what I want you to know. I want you to know that we have 10 years, over a decade of experience teaching hundreds of thousands of students online throughout the state of Oklahoma. We have learned through trial and error uh, some really, really valuable lessons in terms of how do we engage students in a meaningful way? How do we create a, a, a learning environment that is relevant to the world that they live in? We have attracted the most talented and qualified teachers in the entire state of Oklahoma. They are the highest paid teachers in the state of Oklahoma. And so what I want you to know is that we are investing in your child Child, uh, through the technology, uh, through the curriculum, through the high quality teachers uh, that, that, that are working and going to be working with your child. And you are in a good, safe place for as long as you want, whether that's a semester, whether that's two semesters, or whether that's for, for you know the next 10 years. Whatever works for your child is what we desire. And I can promise you this, 
if and when you decide to make that transition back to your local brick and mortar or your local private school or you just decide to homeschool, we will make that transition as seamless as we possibly can for you. Uh, but that's, that's really who we are, that's what we believe, and we're so excited and thrilled for the 30,000 new families that have joined Epic Charter Schools, and we are just as thankful for the 32,000 students that, that, that finished the school year with us this past year, uh, and just so blessed to have an opportunity to have an impact on almost one out of 10 students, Aaron go to school at Epic Charter Schools this year and what a blessing and also a responsibility that is for you and I and, and the rest of our, our 2,000 staff members here at Epic Charter Schools. So I'm thankful, uh, I'm grateful, and I'm honored. Somebody get this guy a rhinestone microphone because he needs to drop it right now. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's all the time we have today. If you like what you heard, go ahead and hit the like button, subscribe to the podcast so that you're notified each time. Uh, if you're a returning listener, you should rate the podcast or leave us a comment. Tune in next week where we are rethinking how leadership and education can better prepare the next generation for a rapidly evolving world.